Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sports Ethos Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Robert Solosi. You can follow us on Twitter, at Ethos Chargers. You can follow myself on Twitter, at rsolosi. Thank you all for joining us today. Huge Monday in the NFL. The opening day of the league year creates a lot of free agency moves and just an overall frenzy, of course, as we like to call it, free agency frenzy. And unexpectedly, the Chargers were part of that as well. Uh, with Austin Eckler. We'll talk about all things Austin Eckler. We're talking about how the Chargers changed the way we view the running back landscape in terms of salary over the last five to 10 years. Uh, And then we will talk about their their new rule proposal, which is quite an interesting one, actually. I don't think it was fully approved, but I still wanted to discuss it at length. And then if we have some extra time, uh, we will talk about the other free agency moves across the National Football League. Thank you all once again for joining us today. And starting with Austin Eckler, that contract impasse was reported by Adam Schefter from his agent. He's looking for a trade. I'm not sure what he can get or what the Chargers can get from a trade where he might be able to go. At least they're going to talk to teams and see what happens. Um, But from the Chargers perspective, you know, at first glance, most, most touchdowns for them this year, um, Really, you know, from a touchdown perspective, from touchdown ratio perspective, um, it absolutely was a great year for Eckler. But if you really look at it game by game, and we'll look at week 12 against Arizona, week 13 against the Las Vegas Raiders is two kind of apt examples of, let's be honest here, Austin Eckler wasn't actually being used a lot in sets during games. He wasn't their powerhouse running back. They were trying to focus on more of a passing game. And those two games against Arizona and the Raiders kind of showcased that. So let's first look at that week 12 game against the Arizona Cardinals. Week 12, Austin Eckler, 5 of 20 on a 4 average. Justin Herbert, 4 for 38 on a 9.5 average. That was the running back split there. And yes, I'm including Justin Herbert because he actually had the most yards that game. Week 13, the week after. Again, this is smacked up in the middle of the season. Really important for the Chargers to get wins at that point of the year. Austin Eckler had 10 carries for 35, 3.5 average. Joshua Kelly, uh, the guy that we're actually going to talk about a lot as part of the reason why this move was made for the Chargers 7 carries for 30 yards at 4.3. Look, they just didn't use them very much. I think they should have used them a lot more. Absolutely. They decided against it. And part of that reason is the guy who had seven carries in this game against the Raiders, Joshua Kelly. Joshua Kelly is a really good running back. Didn't get enough pub last year. And, you know, I'm very excited to see what he can do as the starter. But it's very similar. It's a very similar situation to Melvin Gordon. I think the guy who started this entire process for the Chargers and changed how we view the running back market. Melvin Gordon was looking for upwards of 15 to 20 million, if not a bit more, same as Eckler's looking for. The Chargers only offered him 10 million a year. He was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to sit out, you know, that large portion of time and, or I'm planning to sit out that large portion of time. And they said, they called their bluff and said, all right, you can go into Francie. He signed a deal with the Denver Broncos, a pretty short deal with the Denver Broncos. And ultimately the deal didn't work out for him. He got, he got uh, dethroned by a lot of really good young running backs. He was down the depth chart tremendously over the course of those three years. And then by the end, by the end, I mean, he was just 
He he just kept fumbling the ball over and over again. He wasn't as effective as a runner anymore, and the Chargers kind of called that regression. I think once that happened, it sort of changed how we view running backs, and the entire league sort of followed suit. Look at guys like Khalil Herbert, right? David Montgomery's a free agent. Why? Because Khalil Herbert is there, and he's an effective running back. Um, look at Tony Pollard, who had a $10.5 million franchise tag put on him. Why was that? Well, because he's now becoming an even better running back than Ezekiel Elliott. Um, and then think about the running backs we have in this draft. Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, who are both options for the Chargers in the first round um, in this draft. Um, there's definitely a lot of options the Chargers can go if they want to get another running back. And it's because there's depth everywhere. There's depth everywhere to get running backs. There's options everywhere. And if you look at, you know, the top 10 free agents here, I'm looking at NBC Sports Boston and what they wrote for top 10 free agents. Damian Harris at, Damian Harris at eight. Damian Harris, of course, Ramondi Stevenson comes in the building. They don't really need him. Um, Devin Singletary, they don't really use him, and they picked up James Cook. Um, Kareem Hunt, I mean, he was on a restricted deal for a while. You know, they have, they have Nick Chubb, Jamal Williams. You got you got uh, Swift, David Montgomery. We mentioned uh, we mentioned Khalil Herbert, their sixth-round pick. Miles Sanders, he didn't really run through the holes very well, but they have a ton of depth there um, in Philadelphia. The depth of this position is phenomenal, but I think teams started to realize that once that move from Melvin Gordon to Austin Eckler was made. I really believe that. I believe that that move, that one specific move, changed how we view uh, the entire running back market in the National Football League. And now Austin Eckler is in that position. Now, what's the trade market going to look for him? I don't think it's going to be that high. Um, Even, you know, even Tennessee with Derrick Henry is looking for trade. They're look, they're at least silently looking for deals. There's nothing there because the running back market just isn't valuable. And I really believe it became with Melvin Gordon. The Chargers started this trend of like, hey, look, we didn't pay our running backs that much money. Now look at Le'Veon Bell. He was he was you know in this contract impasse with Pittsburgh for so long. Go to the Jets on a massive four-year deal. How did that end? He was out of that. He was out of the league after two years. The Chargers started that with the Melvin Gordon deal, and I think they're doing the same thing here with Austin Eckler. They really believe in the depth they have at that running back position moving forward. They always had great running back depth overall, the Chargers did. And now you're relying on that depth even more, picking up Austin Eckler. I think it's a phenomenal move uh, for the LA Chargers. At first glance, it isn't. But when you think more about it, he's 27 years of age. Guys, 27, 28, 29, 30, they start to lose their juice a little bit. The Chargers know that. They know they don't want to pay him a ton of money. Well, here we go. And they made the massive move there to decide to move off him. The LA Chargers also had an interesting proposal today uh, for the competition committee, uh, which I think is a really really uh weird proposal 
Um, Eric Kendricks also just signed an hour ago to the Chargers. That's a good move. They need linebacker help um, as much as possible. And getting another guy who can help bring depth to that defense is an excellent move there as well. So the Chargers, um, per Ari Martoff of My Sports Update at My Sports Update said, the Chargers have submitted a proposal where wildcard teams will be seated higher than the division champs in the postseason if the wildcard team finishes with four more wins than a division champ who finished below 500. So this is really interesting because this brings into the Dallas and Tampa situation. And for a good portion of the year in the NFC South, we were kind of like, oh, they're going to be under 500. This is crap. Why do they have a home game? And I really like this idea because, look, if you win more games than the team ahead of you, why shouldn't you be able to get a home game in the divisional round? Why shouldn't you be able to if you played better? And I get it. Schedules were also part of that. There were some really bad teams last year. The the overall product of the NFL last year was pretty bad. There were some pretty bad slash inconsistent teams. One of those being uh, Tampa. And another one of those obviously being Dallas as well. But why not give them a home game? Why not give the team that played better than us, regardless of how you feel about schedule and strength of schedule, we're not talking about March Madness here starting in a few days where that matters. Strength of schedule does matter in the NFL to a degree, but it should matter when we get to, all right, this team's playing this team. They lost partially because of their strength of schedule. I think a lot of people would have said that for Philly or uh, losing the Super Bowl um, this year, but uh, realistically, I think this is really smart. I like that the Chargers of all teams put that in there because they're they're looking at the AFC. They're looking at, you know, what the future of the AFC could look like um, and saying like, okay, yeah, some of these teams might finish 10, 11, 12 wins, but what if there's a year where a team goes 9-8 and eight and we have a better record? You know, we should be able to play at home. And I also, it's really interesting because as we know with the Los Angeles Chargers, it's not like their their arenas are like, you know, stacked up with with fans all the time. Unfortunately, even though they're a really fun team, they're definitely going to be a lot more fun than the Rams in that area. But overarchingly, I think it's really interesting that the Chargers of all teams decided to make decide to do this because I think yeah, it might affect the NFC more because the NFC is going to have less quarterback depth or whatever. But you could still see this happening with. 10, 10 wins versus 11 win teams that could still have a huge effect. And I think as we even saw with uh, the whole DeMar Hamlin situation, looking at neutral site games and things like that, the options are endless for how they can approach who gets home and away in some of these, you know, in some of these playoff games. But this approach matters because I think home field, if you played better, you deserve home field. If a team goes eight and eight, nine and eight, and you went twelve and five, and you're not getting home field or eleven and five or eleven and six, whatever it is now with eighteen games, this makes a ton of sense. And I love that the Chargers put this in there, being like, "Hey, look, this is something we think you should consider because overarchingly, it can affect both conferences in different ways. But I, the better team, the better regular season record, should get home field advantage, just like it is in every other league. And this is a way." to effectively do that without rolling uh without ruling out the nuances of hey winning a division is important. 
I don't think it eliminates the nuance of that importance. I think it only heightens it where it's like, hey, not only do you need to play well in your division, you need to play well across the rest of the league to earn that spot, to clearly earn that spot. And I think that makes it better for the entire league. And I think it just adds regular season competitiveness. Imagine getting to week 16, week 17, week 18 and being like, hey, or uh, as far back as week 14, be like, hey, this team's on track to finish with nine wins. They probably should try to get, you know, 11 or 12 to be more uh, effective or, or they need to play better in the regular season, not more effective. They need to play better in the regular season in order to get that playoff spot. It's not just about, oh, you win the division, you get the playoff spot with eight or nine wins. No, you got to win the division, but you got to get 11 to 12 wins. You have to play good ball in the regular season in order to play at home. It's not just about playing good ball and beating the rest of your teams in your division, whether it's a good or bad division. So I love that. I love this idea. I don't think they are fully considering it. I think they actually kind of threw it out, but I love it. I love the idea of this proposal. I think it's smart. I don't think it's some, this is one of those few rules where they can't really trial like a new roughing the passer rule, a new catch rule, whatever. They can't trial this in the preseason, but I genuinely love this idea because the better teams should play at home, regardless if they win the division or not. The teams that win the division got to actually win the division, have to actually work to dominate the rest of their peers in their division, the rest of their rivals in their division, in order to be effectively worthy of getting a playoff spot. So I love that as well. All right, let's go through a couple of the general uh, fragency moves uh, Kansas City in the Chargers division picked up Juwan Taylor. Uh, I believe it was what four years, eighty some million. I'll pull it up. But I love this move for the Chiefs and Chargers defensive line has continuously got their work cut out for them um, with Kansas City. Just getting better. It's a better move than Orlando Brown. Yeah, four years, eighty million. It's a better move than Orlando Brown. It just is. It's a way better move than keeping Orlando Brown for Kansas City and. Now you look at it, if you're the Chargers, like, oh boy, we need Joey Bosa. We need Khalil Mack to just be that much better. It's a huge move for a team that is still very much understanding, like, hey, offensive line is what's going to get us to the Super Bowl, not just Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be a tough challenge for the Chargers defensively to deal with an offensive line that not only got better, but got younger. So a big move for Kansas City as well. Uh, sticking with, um, not sticking with the, actually sticking with that division as well, uh, but also in the same state of California. Well, actually, former state of California, now a bit up the road in Nevada, the Las Vegas Raiders um, got rid of Derek Carr, but picked up Jimmy Garoppolo. Mostly he's a stopgap guy. He has a he has a buyout after the first year, but I wonder what this what what this. Uh, Raiders organization was kind of thinking you get rid of Derek Carr decide against Aaron Rodgers you pick up Garoppolo maybe it's just because they want to do something in the draft they have the seventh pick in the upcoming draft will they use that on a quarterback will they use that on Richardson will they use it on a Levis does it is this another sort of Niners situation with Jimmy Garoppolo going to the Raiders it feels very similar, and I don't think he actually wants to be in that situation, but I don't know what other choice he had. And Vegas, I think, is a really good spot with Josh McDaniels um, 
they run similar systems and he's going to get used to that system really quickly. The ultimate question is how long are they going to keep Garoppolo? Is, is he going to run out those three years of the contract? I don't think so. If you're going to give a guy an out after the first year, you got to expect that they're going to draft a quarterback. What does that mean for the Chargers? I, I think it means that the division gets somewhat easier. Denver also made some big offensive line moves as well. I don't know what to make of Denver. Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson, and he was awful last year. Nothing really changes there. But really the competition for the Chargers is the Chiefs. And the Chiefs come in and make a big splash in free agency, an underrated splash, excuse me, in Taylor. And the rest of the division just kind of, I don't know, makes moves to improve themselves slightly. But uh, are we confident about any of those quarterbacks? I don't think we are. I don't think we are at all. And so... Moving forward, you're, you're looking at you're looking at the Chargers in a really good spot, minus the Chiefs, where the Chiefs and the Chargers are going to both be competing for that division. And regardless of what I mentioned earlier with the rule change, these two teams are going to be battling for wild card spots, for you know, even home playoff games. Heck, I mean, it's these two teams, and that one move by the Chiefs shows like hey we're really committed to this offensive line that's what's going to get us back there and also we're committed to getting younger and a lot of that's Patrick Mahomes restructuring his deal and so many of you guys restructuring their deal and on top of that for the Chargers too Herbert's coming up his deal's coming up that's a huge reason why I think Austin Eckler also left you don't want to pay 20 million to a running back when you got to pay an average of 45 million to a quarterback uh, in Justin Herbert in a matter of uh, the next year or so so it's certainly really interesting. The Chargers are going to have to find a way to keep pace. And of course, they have a dominant defensive line. So they're going to have an opportunity to to have epic battles um, in the trenches uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs. Those those are going to continue to be epic battles uh, now between those two teams um, moving forward. And even without Austin Eckler, that, that, those two teams are just going to keep battling for that division moving forward. So I think really exciting moves within the division. Denver, look, Denver made some some really good offensive lineman moves. They lost a few pieces here and there. I like what Sean Payton is doing. He wants to protect Russell Wilson, but the problem with Russell Wilson isn't protection. The problem with Russell Wilson was he just didn't know what he was doing. He had so much of that team, like, strangleholded, uh, had his own office. It was absolutely ridiculous. I don't know if Sean Payne's going to get him straight. Not None of these moves matter for Denver. Whatever they do in fantasy in the draft, it is what it is. I, It's fine. They're paying for guys. I think, you know, they're paying for guys. They're overpaying for linemen. What, whatever they end up doing, I don't think it actually matters because it's Russell, it's Russell Wilson or bust. It's Russell Wilson playing at, you know, his, you know, prime year Seattle Seahawks time. That's what he has to do to get this team over the hump in this division with the Chargers and with the Chiefs. The rest of it doesn't matter. They can make these moves all they want, but if Russell Wilson is still bad, even with Sean Payton, that team's looking at the bottom of the barrel in the division, probably even worse than uh, your Las Vegas Raiders. All right. Well, thank you everyone for uh, another great podcast. Thank you for joining me as we go through all the free agency moves. Go through the pretty much the entire division and what they did this year. Austin Eckler, 
as well. Their their uh, their their uh, rule proposal and just so many crazy stuff. Uh, look, it's the start of a new league year. We still have so many more things to go. We obviously have the draft next month. We'll see what the Chargers do there as well. It's a really exciting time to be a fan right as we're starting the new league year. Free agency frenzy is going to continue. You know, it's the first day. There's a lot of moves. We still have a lot more over the coming days and weeks and even months as we head towards training camp. Thank you for joining me once again. This is the Sports Ethos Chargers podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Ethos Chargers. You can follow me at Arcelosi on Twitter. And we will see you all soon. Have a great night, everyone.